1: Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health.
2: Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health.
1: We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind.
2: Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Why don't we get into what we're going to talk about, which- Let's do it. Uh, you know, people have tuned in to here to talk right. about derealization and depersonalization oh, um, when it comes to anxiety. So before we get into like the definitions, have you ever experienced- Oh, yeah. like that it yeah, actually okay. like didn't happen when I first started having panic attacks or
2: maybe it did and I just didn't like I feel like once you learn about it you're like oh my gosh like I feel yeah. part of something but okay, yeah okay. you can get into explaining it and then I'll explain kind of okay. how I recognized it and how maybe I, I think this will help a lot of people understand like oh my gosh I'm not crazy because when I learned about derealization depersonalization I was like this is a thing like it just, I know yeah. Yeah. Get into it. We'll get into
0: it. And, and it's, it's interesting because I feel like, well, once you guys hear it, we'll talk also more about like which one of us struggles with what the most, but okay. So I'm going to talk first about anxious depersonalization. So anxious depersonalization is feeling detached from your thoughts, feelings, or body. So you might feel like a robot or you might feel like you're not in control of your speech or your movements. You can have emotional, physical numbness of your senses or responses to the world around you. You could feel as if you're floating in the air above yourself. Sorry, I have to take a drink. My throats. (coughs) My allergies are so bad today. Mm -hmm. Like my eyes are watering. Um, Sorry, guys. Okay. So feeling as if you're floating in the air, kind of like above yourself. Now, remember, depersonalization and derealization are very connected. So you might see some of the symptoms overlap a little bit. But um, mostly, just remember that depersonalization is just really feeling detached from your thoughts and your feelings and your body, okay? Now, anxious derealization is more feeling detached from your surroundings, So people and objects around you seem unreal. They don't really seem like they're there. You might have distortions of distance or the size and the shapes of things might look distorted. Um, The surroundings around you can appear blurry or colorless. Um, So things around you just feel very distorted. Um, And then you could also feel distortions in perception of time, such as recent events feeling like they were sort of a long time ago or something like that. Um, A lot of distorted the way you are perceiving your reality in that moment. Like a lot of things are distorted and you just feel really detached from what's around you. Mm -hmm. So those are the main differences between the two. So anxious derealization is sort of feeling detached from your surroundings and depersonalization is feeling detached from your thoughts or your feelings in your body. Mm -hmm. So it is very common to experience one or both of those when you're having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people, you know, with anxiety attacks, they're more prolonged and they're not as quick. So panic attacks come on quickly and they um, don't really, they usually will last maybe like 10, they peak at like 10 minutes. This is average, but they will peak at like 10 minutes and then it lasts like 20 or 30 minutes. Anxiety attacks are consistent and they last, you know, you might not have this, um, these physical, really difficult physical symptoms, like really debilitating and heavy for that long, but you do feel just these depersonalization, derealization over a period of time. So, Tell me, now tell me your experience. What have you noticed about derealization, depersonalization, and what have you experienced?
2: So when my, when I first started having panic attacks, actually, I just always felt like I was in a constant panic state, you know, like I was just, okay. so, cause I didn't know what was going on with myself. And I remember this one time in my apartment And this is before I knew what derealization, depersonalization was. I was looking in the mirror and I felt like it was odd. Like I felt really, really odd seeing myself. And I didn't wanna, (laughs) looking in the mirror was almost like I didn't wanna do it because I felt like I was like, who is that? Like almost like my face, like looking at my face felt weird. Um so yeah I, I just went on from that. I never even like looked up what that was. I was just like, oh this is anxiety. And yeah. then the derealization actually came a long time after at least I feel it did, a long time after having panic attacks and it would be in the form of like being in a group of people at a dinner and then all of a sudden feeling like where what am I everyone here's fake. Like almost like I'm not at this dinner with everyone and I would have to get up, go to the restroom and like look in the mirror and be like, you're here. And like almost like bring myself like wow. even like touching my hands or like pinching my hand yes. and being like, like you're here right now. Like it's almost like a dreamlike state is the best way to put it. It felt like me sitting in a fake reality and then another time. And this is the weirdest one I think back on is I remember driving late at night and um, in an uber or something it was like after a football game and this was when my panic attacks were so bad and looking up at the sky and feeling like the clouds were coming down on me like i straight up was like it is the end of the world and i was telling my boyfriend at the time that like you would think i was on drugs like honestly (gasps) you would think i was on drugs because i was so convinced that like something bad was happening in the world i was like these clouds are coming down Like, it truly, like, I felt, like, it's so weird, Allison. Like, the best way to put it is, like, I it is. And, like, this is before I even knew that, like, derealization, depersonalization is a thing. So I was just, like, so convinced that the world was ending. And I said that, like, a bunch of times. Yes. Whenever the
0: sky was looking weird is when the derealization got bad. See, I think that 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 is what – because I don't know – you know, the science behind, I mean, I know science behind our body and anxiety, but with derealization, depersonalization, um, I don't necessarily know, you know, is there a a state of your body where it's worse, right? Like physical body, does it happen, you know, more when you're, like, can it happen at any time, even if you're just feeling overwhelmed, right? Or does it happen in a really heightened state of anxiety, even if you're not having a panic attack, you know, like, I think it just varies for everybody because I feel like I've had it when <clears throat> I didn't even think I was really stressed. Yes. I, I just, you know, like yeah. I was at work and I remember when my, you guys know about my acid reflux issues and they started a long time ago. Cause I have, you know, I have, uh, I had gotten, th- th- uh, food stuck in my throat a couple times and it made me the like the first time it happened and the second time it happened, maybe so scared I thought I was choking, but I could still breathe. So I wasn't choking. It was just stuck like how a pill gets stuck sometimes. Have you ever had like medication stuck in your throat? It's it's just the most uncomfortable feeling. And I was still, I wasn't, I started getting progressively anxious because when it first happened, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, whatever. And then I started feeling just, That my surroundings, it was definitely more derealization happening to me because I could tell that I almost, the derealization almost like made me have a panic attack, like made me have more of a panic attack. If but you had a,
2: but you had a trigger so i've noticed that too is okay, like if i'm yeah. in if i'm in like a target or walmart you know those like fluorescent lights mm-hmm. so like weird lighting can be a trigger for me to almost like start seeing my environment differently oh yes and then things are blurry and then i'm like i'm not here and then it begins and then it's a panic attack so yes. it's like i did notice that there there was triggers for me so like at that restaurant like the overstimulation of the restaurant And then like my group being right there and having to focus on my group. It's such a weird, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but getting up and just like moving my feet and, or like pinching my hand or something. It was like, you're here. I'm here. So remind myself like, yes.
0: So this isn't a dream. I would say that's actually probably one of the best tips and tools for depersonalization, derealization is somehow using your senses yeah. to ground yourself and bring you back to the present moment. Um, so you guys have heard me talk multiple times on here about the five senses grounding exercise. So looking around you and identifying three things you can see and and in your mind saying what they look like and what their color is, um, four things that you can here, three things that you can touch. The touch is really good. Like you said, I think being able to touch either the sweater that you have on or like touch the chair and describing it. Or um, if you're outside, you know, like touching nature or something or wherever you are touching something and describing the texture and the color. And, And then two things that you can What is it? What ones did I say? I don't remember. But something you can taste and then something you can smell. So essentially, all of your senses bring you back to the present moment because you're literally training your brain to recognize what's in front of you and what you hear, what you see, what you feel, what you taste. That's all bringing you back. To where yeah. you are right now. And I think that's that's something. And something else that is really great that works is ice or something very cold. Yeah. Because um, it can stimulate the vagus nerve, which is really the vagus nerve, which we've talked about on a different podcast episode. So you should go listen to it. I think it was like three episodes back. But the vagus nerve is is something that you want to stimulate. Um it's part of the biggest nerve in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. So the cold either ice on your wrist or your neck stimulates the nerve um and it brings you back. Again, it's using your sense of touch, right? And it brings you back to really kind of like that feeling and it might be cold, but you don't need to keep it on there for a long time. But it kind of jolts you back into the moment. You know what I mean? Right. Right, totally kind of like uh, if you ever watch some movies and you see people you know having these really panicky moments they go in the bathroom and splash cold water on their face mm-hmm. you know it's kind of the similar concept to
2: that. right uh, another thing and I'm sure I'll, I'll get a lot of messages because like every time I talk on this people are like oh my gosh I didn't want to say anything but but I've done that and'm I'm, I'm ashamed of it but I felt that way so I actually know a lot of people and this happened to my brother um smoking weed if you are like sensitive, to thc of any kind my brother had extreme derealization like he told my mom and this is before we knew what anxiety was uh he goes i feel like i'm not here right now he was like i feel like i can see myself and this happened to my friend too who smoked weed she told me the exact same thing she goes i feel like i'm sitting here and looking at myself from an Mm -hmm. outward perspective i've never felt that way like i've never seen myself i don't even know how that would look like I've tried well, so, to think so about it. So that's the
0: that's the psychoactive component of weed that they're experiencing. So it is the THC, but it's like not the THC legal amount that's in CBD. It's like the actual psychoactive part of THC that's in weed. So weed. yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no, so, no, but
2: a ton of people have had that experience from weed, which
0: makes sense because it's which, a psychoactive component of the drug. Yeah.
2: yeah, which triggered like from then on my brother's panic attacks.
0: Yeah. But it all so started like, from smoking weed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And, and I would say that...
2: Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask literally everyone you know for their recommendation? You know, a doctor who actually gets you, listens to you, and makes you feel super comfortable. And finally, after weeks of searching, you find the one. Not only do they do all that, but they also live close by. So you call their office and they have an appointment available. Heck yeah. But then... The receptionist tells you this perfect doctor doesn't take your insurance. Wipe your tears, put away the ice cream, and head over to ZocDoc to find and book the doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 48 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. Once you find the doc you want, You can book them immediately with just a few app taps. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. I use this and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash anxietychicks and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash anxietychicks. ZocDoc.com slash
0: anxiety chicks. Don't if you guys think that you want to try marijuana or cannabis, again, we're not talking about CBD. We're talking about marijuana, right? That's weed, includes, yeah. yes, weed is has a psychoactive component. TH it has it has a whole huge percentage of THC in it. But also unless it's medicinal and you're buying your marijuana or pot from wherever you don't know. You have no idea what's in that. Right. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, oh, my gosh, I actually am uh, – not, maybe not weed. Who knows? Maybe it's different. Um, however you're ingest, ingesting the marijuana, there's a lot of people that actually get – it helps their anxiety. Mm-hmm. It helps them feel calm. And it helps them sleep. So obviously our biology is different. Everyone's biology and chemistry, body chemistry is different. But if you're thinking about wanting to try weed or marijuana, I will call it marijuana or cannabis, and you feel like maybe you have anxiety and you're thinking about wanting to try it, um, and I'm not talking recreational. I'm talking about actually if you have anxiety and you want to try it you should do it in a way where you can get a medical marijuana card because I think it varies state to state now still. And if you're in another country, I apologize, I'm not sure what the laws are there, but in the US, um, it is becoming more accessible to get a medical marijuana card. So do it in a way that's managed by a psychiatrist or a doctor because there are a lot of people that it has helped with their chronic pain and anxiety. So I'm not sure what the experience was for your friend or brother, but definitely don't just buy it from someone or smoke it from a place that you don't know what it is because yeah. there are ways that it could help and be medicinal for anxiety. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that, that might be an experience that of course would be so scary. You know what I mean? Like if you are able to get it prescribed to you and that does happen the good thing about that is like if that happens as a side effect you talk to your doctor about it right you have you have a psychiatrist or someone an advocate that you can say listen I experienced this when I did it when I had some uh, took the pill or I smoked a little bit and that scared me yeah right
2: yeah this was like an experience of people who didn't know they had anxiety so it was
0: almost like and, so, and why they, of, so what did, what made them want to smoke weed? They're college kids. Right. Of course. So that's yeah. recreational. Right. Yeah. So that's a different thing. Yeah. No, no, no.
2: Definitely. It's definitely people just like smoking on their own is what I'm talking about. It's like someone's like, oh, I tried it at a party or I tried it, you know, like here. And then that's where all my panic attacks began. And uh, th- th- but what I was saying is from these people, it's weird how they – the, it's not everyone because i know some people who smoke weed and they just they truly enjoy it
0: yeah yeah you know it's helpful, and, right? yeah
2: yeah but um these people who it's always the derealization the ones who are affected by it it's like they have not just like the panic attacks but they have the like how they all have seen each other like sitting yeah. there they see their body i'm like i can't even imagine what that feels like
0: like feeling yeah. like you see yourself Yeah. Well, and that's another thing because with like the recreational type of marijuana, you have no – if you don't know where you're getting it, you don't know what else is in it. Right. So there could be some other type of psychoactive thing in it that's not cannabis. Right. So that's why be very careful with drugs people if you decide to take them recreationally. No judgment at all. I mean, people, just please be safe. I don't want anyone to actually be in pain or get hurt. But – that's why I think it's it can be scary. Like if if yeah. you're just trying something, right? And not even just marijuana, but how about any kind of prescription medicines, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know how your body's going to respond to that. Yeah. Um but it can be it can feel very scary not to have control of what's going on around you. I think that's like the biggest thing because yeah. with anxiety already, you feel like out of control.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I remember being in college, like it was just so casual, like everyone was doing it. And the only reason why I didn't is because I saw my brother go through that when I was younger. And I was like, heck no, like he was crazy. You know what I mean? So I was, it just never, I never had the desire because I saw what he went through, but I don't know if I, if I would have seen him go through that, if I, you know, if I would have, but all, all my friends did it. Everyone I know tried it. So it was just like, it. it's so common. I think it's way more common than we think. And people in their 20s listening and like their teens, 18, 19, 20, you're not going to go get a medicinal card. Like you're just going to do what all your friends are doing. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I feel like at, at an older age, you're more educated to know what you're putting in your body. But when you're young, you're drinking Burnett's cheap vodka
0: and Smoking whatever's around from the local drug dealer. If you are those ages and listening to this, then that's amazing. Hopefully, maybe you're getting educated by listening to
2: this. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there's a lot of peer pressure. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, I did it when I was young and I drank. I only tried pot a couple times, but it was honestly because someone told me that it would make me feel better when I was nauseous. And it actually did. So I didn't get any of those other side effects, thank God, but I didn't get it from a doctor. I was like, sure, let's try it. I got it from someone I trusted though, but still, um, you know, but I would say that if you are generally like a highly stressed or anxious person, I would probably not try it. No, yeah, I would not. Until you have someone that can monitor it for you because you're right, like that, you don't know how your body's going to react to it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I mean, um, but obviously, yeah, people <laughs> that are, you know, if you're in college or you're in high school, like you, that's what you do in high school and college. Right, and it's, right. You experiment. That's what life is. I just, please be safe. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I just hope that no one, you know, when they experience the derealization and depersonalization, I mean, it's almost like coming down from it has to be so hard to do depending on like, even if you try the five senses exercise, right? Like, if that doesn't help so much, or the ice, then you know, then what? You know, have you ever gotten to a point where you feel like you couldn't come out of it? Um, I actually
2: feel like that was the easiest for me to get past. Besides, like, I think panic attacks were worst. Worse. Okay. The derealization, I feel like I, I was really good at bringing myself back to the present. Like, over and over, saying like I'm here. Like here right now, touching someone, touching my dog, just bringing myself back felt okay. pretty easy to do. I can't exactly remember that one time when the clouds, I think that was pretty triggering for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It okay. might've lasted like a night or something, but like waking up in the daytime, obviously was just like, oh, okay. Like we're here. We're okay. Yeah. And then like the the time at the restaurant, I went into the bathroom and I just like washed my hands with cold water that's happened to me a couple times at restaurants restaurants seem to be a trigger for me with that like almost like the de uh de, derealization part of like whoa like i'm not here right now
0: that feeling mm-hmm. maybe i like uh, catch it before it's too bad i don't know do you feel like um when you're at a restaurant because maybe there's certain sensory mm-hmm. c- component as far absolutely. as
1: how loud it
2: is and stuff Absol- too absolutely i get yeah. so I mean, I've even taken like autism tests because I'm like, my sensory levels are just so bad. I don't know what that is and like how to help fix that. I definitely need to like look into that. But something when like, even when I'm trying to drive, I don't know if you're like this, but I'm sure a lot of people are when I'm trying to drive, if I get lost or something, lowering the music down helps. Oh, yes. And my husband's always like, what, how, what does that do? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, and he is such a music guy. Like he'll be playing music on his phone or on the speakers in the house all day. And if I'm trying to get stuff done, I'm so heavily distracted by this music. And it just like helps him. And okay, I'm like, that- I need to focus. And he was like, he's like, does lowering the music? Do help you focus? And I'm like, it, well, the music is distracting me.
0: That is honestly so funny. That's literally like the, the same thing. <laughs> I do that all the time. And it's, it's, mo- yeah, it is directions. It's definitely directions. I'm trying to think, I feel like there's other times too, where I'll lower it just because I can't, th- it's like, cause I can't think I have to think and I need like the music to be low. Which is weird think- because, oh, sorry, go. No, I was going to say, I think that's more common for a lot of yeah, people yeah. that they do
2: do that. I'm so good at multitasking, but for some reason it's just like when there's a lot of maybe like different types of stimulus coming at me, it's hard, I don't know, but I Yes. I definitely like grocery stores, restaurants, crowds. Oh my gosh, it's just so much. I feel like I'm in every single conversation. Cuz I'm like focused on the people in front of me, but then I'm also hearing what Billy and, and Joe are saying next to me at the other table, and then I'm looking at the waiter, and then I'm it's just so much. I take in the whole room when I'm in places. Yeah.
0: Well, and yeah, I mean, also remember that when we're in a heightened state of anxiety or we're in a, we're in that moment, right. Where we're experiencing these, we're perceiving our surroundings as dangerous. Like something is we feel like we're in danger. And essentially that's our body responding to danger. Right. We we sort of, if you guys have heard of disassociation, this is very similar to disassociating. And when you're in this type of dangerous situation that you, that whether it's perceived or real, right, because it could be a trauma and you're in this real situation or you're in a perceived situation that you feel is so fearful, um, like you have a phobia or something, then your brain is trying to protect you from that. Mm hmm. Your brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. And so a lot of times disassociating or having derealization, depersonalization, it's, it almost is like your brain is too, it's too traumatic. What's happening in that moment is too traumatic for your brain to process. So that's how it protects you from, or how you basically survive what's happening, if that makes sense.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Um, it's kind of so like a panic-, panic attack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean.
2: kind of misperceiving, because it can't tell the difference between real danger
0: and imagined danger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you think about like, if you think of if you've ever known or you've seen any movies or something where there is a person who has a very traumatic experience, right? It could be some type of abuse or <clears throat> you know, a a type of um what's it called? Like a war, like a natural disaster or something like that, or just some type of real big trauma. Sometimes they'll live, they'll go their life, they're, li- they're their whole life, and not their whole life, but you know, years after the trauma, not really ever getting any type of treatment for what happened. With like, if they lost someone, like the grief of it or the trauma of it, and then, like twenty years later, something will trigger them. Something that they either start having dreams, or you know, they'll have um they'll they'll have a smell, or they'll hear something, or something like that. And something comes back to them and starts – they start kind of having these memories and they start remembering the experience. But it was so – the emotions when it was happening were so much that they literally couldn't carry that with them after it happened. So it literally was in a box locked in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, how I picture dissociation or – um Mostly if there was something traumatic, but at some point it kind of starts opening up. And so with derealization and depersonalization, the symptoms of those are very similar to like disassociating when you're feeling like you are in this situation that is really scary. Right. And you're feeling like outside of yourself and you're like floating. Yeah.
2: I I think it's so important to educate yourself on it and like learn what those – what those words mean and the definitions because I think it makes you feel so much less alone once you know that I think if I had known what those were back then it would have helped a lot like oh I'm not crazy other people feel this way because I think those are the two symptoms that make you feel the most crazy yeah because explaining them to people people are like are you like you know people's first
0: first assumption are you on drugs like you know it's like Like, what's right what yeah Um, I think it, I think you'd be curious, anyone listening, if you talk to your friends or talk to your family about kind of just educate them on what these two, these two words are and these two terms, I guarantee you there will be more than one person that will say, oh my gosh, I've had that happen to me too. Yeah. They might just not have had the language to know what it was. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So there's a couple other things I just want to mention, tips on really quickly on what you can do if you find yourself um, feeling like you're having derealization or depersonalization. So I talked about grounding yourself with the senses. Um, You know, also if you're sitting down feeling your feet on the floor, like take off your socks and your shoes Mm -hmm. and feel your feet on the floor or like go outside and feel your feet on the ground. That is very grounding as well. Um, So visualization exercises can be really well, really great. Um, essentially think about different places or different people or even animals where you feel calm, where you feel safe, where you feel protected. Um, Really imagining yourself in those places that make you feel safe can be really helpful. Um, Also, breath work is very important. So I talk a lot about this with panic attacks, right? Trying to get your heart rate to a more balanced state. And so to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, you really need to practice breath work. So whether it's square breathing, 478 breathing, um, go onto YouTube and just type in breath work for anxiety, do a bunch of videos, very helpful. Um, Something I actually has really helped me when I was anxiety ha- having a of anxiety, not necessarily depersonalization or derealization, but it still helps is something called progressive muscle relaxation. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, we did on another episode. yeah, okay, see good <laughs> it's a technique Well, so listen guys, if you haven't heard it, then I'm just going to talk about it again because I love yeah. it so much um, so basically, you clench your muscles for about three to five seconds in each part of your body and then unclench them. Um, so it really helps just when our when we're triggered, basically, the prefrontal lobe in our brain, which is like the rational part of our brain, just kind of like isn't rational. It just kind of goes away. Um, and so being able to do these like movement exercises with our muscles and clench and then not clench, it actually brings us back to that moment, right? So um, it kind of regulates our arousal and stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So progressive muscle relaxation, Google that too. And it'd be really helpful. So those are just some of my healing tips. Um, I was going to do a healing tip of the day, but I just gave you like four healing tips of the day. So practice those, you guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was awesome. And then I have a quote of the day. Um life is like a camera. Focus on what is important, capture the good times, develop from the negatives, and if things don't work out, take another shot. I love that. Did that make sense? Cuz I had to like think about it when I read
0: yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, read it one more like- time.
2: Okay. Life is like a camera. Focus on what is important. Capture the good times, develop from the negatives. And if things don't work out, take another shot. A lot of people maybe who are younger don't know like about developing pictures. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. So like, oh. you know, like how the picture develops from a negative.
0: Mm-hmm. So I love that. So just take another shot. It's like, don't yeah. give up and and just remember that. You're never alone in this. And if you're experiencing any of these types of symptoms, we see you, we hear you. If you need extra support, please, you know, it's okay to go and seek help from a therapist. And if you feel like you haven't found one you liked yet, please don't give up. And I try and answer my DMs as much as possible. I'm getting so many now, but I can try and help you. There's so many great tips on how to find a good therapist for you on my page. Also, I have a highlight on my page that says therapy, and there's a whole bunch of resources that can help you find the right therapist for you. So you can also try BetterHelp, which is amazing. Um, So just go on, you know, my page and you'll find a lot there. But really, this is something that's scary for a lot of people, but just know that you're not alone and that we're here for you guys. So And don't forget to rate and review and subscribe, which I always forget to do till the end. Everyone's always with podcasts. They say, you shouldn't say this at the beginning. So sorry, you guys, but hopefully you're listening still right now. And rate and review and subscribe because that's what's going to help us get our message out to more people. So love you guys. We will be back next week. Talk to you later.
1: Bye. Hi, healers thanks so much for listening to this episode of the anxiety chicks with taylor and i as always you can find us on instagram you can find me Allison Sepinera, as the anxiety healer and taylor as health underscore anxiety and as always you can check out the anxiety healing school i just dropped a new course called when panic attacks triggers that create fear and how to overcome them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to the anxietyhealingschool.com to check that out and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with.